good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three Sweet Me Bro. On this week's show, we'll discuss the most noteworthy shenanigans of the week in clickbait, and we'll each provide you with a must-watch list of matches. So without further delay, let's get into some clickbait. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening, and where it's been like, what? To like, oh god, no. Like, to like, oh shit. One of the big stories for me this week is the upcoming uh, uh, inevitable bid war for one Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega's contract was supposed to be up very soon here in AEW, but because of his injury, his contract was extended. And there's quite a bit of discussion going around that WWE has a real shot at picking him up in free agency. Um, it, you know, wouldn't be surprising. Kenny Omega, uh, obviously, is somebody who would be appreciated under the new regime of Paul Levesque, Triple H. He deserves the money he could get from that kind of a, a, a contract. I think it's fascinating to consider the possibility of the cleaner in wwe um and i'm really interested to hear mike tom i'm very interested to hear do you think kenny omega a would go to wwe and b what's to gain there like do you think he could have a good run in wwe well first of all i'd like to say that it's good to be back uh <laughs> I, I forgot who you were no Can you reintroduce yourself even recording. Uh, who are you and where are you going? You abandoned me. No, it, it is good. I was uh, very sick, so thank you for allowing me to take some time. But uh, Mike, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, man, because I know you were uh, like you were just about to say something. But because um, I know you're such a pro WWE guy, um, I 100 support this idea. I agree with Jim. I think that as a dude who has had an absolute legendary career. Um, right off into the sunset and make as much money as you can and live your life healthy training the new and upcoming uh, folks. I'm very interested to see if he's going to try to negotiate a young bucks contract with that instead of being like, if you want me, then you're going to get the elite. Um, I think it's safe to say that that is an interesting exit strategy for them. If CM Punk decides to return. Um, But yeah, overall, I would love this. I totally welcome the cleaner in WWE. Um, Jim and I, we we kind of talked before we jumped on here, but like, I think after WrestleMania, we could possibly see a much needed reboot, and especially with the the mind of Triple H or excuse me, Paul Levesque. Um, and if we do get that, I know we we do kind of have a heavily criticized the WWE product. But if we get a fresh start and we get guys like I would love for Jay White to show up and then Kenny Omega, now you literally, you legitimately have that dream match of every Bullet Club mem- uh, Bullet Club leader all fighting at one. And I don't care who you are. That's money. And that is going to be an amazing match. Um, so, Mike, I'll throw it to you. I am 100% yes for Kenny Omega going to WWE. Yeah. And I know it, boy, this is, there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of spite behind this. Uh, but, um, and it, it, it's, it's not because I hate the WWE, the, the WWE. Um, I just think Kenny Omega at this point has 
too much to lose. Um, sure. Absolutely. He can make a ton of money, um, and whatnot, but that is an insane schedule. Um, every performer has said that, and I don't think Kenny has that much sway. Um, I still think there is this mystique of the outsider coming in. Um, I think it's taken, look at how long it's taken KO and, um, Finn Balor to kind of get what they need. Um, and I, I agree with you, Tom. I think this could be some change of the regime and it's just some of the, you know, who knows, like the reboot is what I'm getting at. Maybe things are going to change, but I just, I can't see it because the product's been the same for so long, meaning the grueling schedule, the house shows and whatnot. And Kenny Omega did that in new Japan. He essentially him and Okada kind of carried the company for two years at a very grinding schedule. Um, you know, uh, I think they, they always like to say, you know, you know, the joke is the, when they sell out the Tokyo dome and whatnot, that's how they go that hard every match. They don't, uh, they really save it for that, but they're touring constantly around, uh, Japan and doing these small shows and often many shows in a day. So it's just the grind again, over and over. And I think at this point, Kenny, he's making uh, pretty good money and he has total control over what he's doing right now. I think he's doing it smart. I, if I were him, I'd re-sign with AEW. You have absolute control right now. You continue to heal. You do the shit that you want to do. You keep bringing yourself to a mainstream uh, audience while, because you got to remember too, he is the United States, new Japan champ, whatever it's called champion. So now he's helping out new Japan. And I mean, it's win, win. And then maybe in a couple of years, absolutely. I'm all for it. Go to WWE. If you really want to work that, that schedule, I just, I don't see, I write, I see Kenny in a good spot. And I think if, if, cause Jim and I talked about this when you were not, you were out, Tom, um, I would love to see a Jay White, Cody Rhodes feud. If you bring Kenny Omega oh, yeah. into that, that's too much. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, how does that fit in bullet club? Okay. You're not going to call it the bullet club. It's the OC. Okay. So you have the OC, you know, Jim, I can see, I don't know. <laughs> let me Thoughts. well let me let me throw a couple of of extra uh, qualifiers in here and, and see if this affects your your thinking for both of you guys. One of the things we talked about last week, Mike, is Kota Ibushi is a free agent, and there's a lot of interest in Kota going to WWE because Kota wants to be a trainer, right? He wants to bring up the next generation, right? So that's number one. The other kind of qualifier that I think needs to be considered here is. And this is, you know, it's been in the back of people's minds for a long time, but it's becoming more of a forefront lately because of some social media activity. When Punk, if Punk comes back to AEW, would Kenny Omega want to be there and f- and and take advantage of that story? Or would Kenny want to get as far away from Punk as possible? So I'm really curious to see. I, I, I think those two factors are going to play a major role in Kenny's decision. I think if Coda ends up in WWE, that leans very heavily towards the idea of Kenny also going. Yeah. I think if Coda stays in AEW, but Punk comes back in AEW, I think that could be really hard for for Kenny to make a decision there. Um, you know, does does he think about business or does he think about personal more? Um, I, I think those two factors are going to play a huge role. I, I mean, with, with those two things in mind, does that change anything for you, Tom? I, I, well, I mean, 
here's what I, I want to kind of pick apart my Mike a little bit where, cause like I do disagree with the pay because I think it's, I think Kenny is, um, cause you know, we're friends, Kenny and I, uh, um, I think that Kenny is such a star and a sought after star that you would be an idiot to not put a dump, lo- uh, like dump truck load of cash at his feet and go, Hey, you can have any schedule you want. You can have any match you want because that's like, let's be serious. That's pretty much how Rhodes came back is there was a lot of specific clauses and who's, who's listening to him. It's Paul Levesque. It's not Vince McMahon. Cause if it was Vince McMahon, he was going to be like, yeah, sure. Totally. We'll promise you the world. Eh, just kidding. Guess what? You're the cleaner who cleans the ring now. If it was a McMahon run, fully run, knowing if we know that Vince is 100% in control, then absolutely, Mike, I'm 100% behind you. Stay away. Stay in AEW where you could finish out having one of the craziest and weirdest feuds of all time with CM Punk. But I mean, think (laughs) about it, man. Right. No, and that makes sense. And so just my thing with that is, though, is at this point, it's then where's granted i know aj's hurt but where's aj where's why is finn balor with the judgment i mean please really come on where's shinsuke nakamura we've we've all questioned that you know you sent him over to have what is what is a a great farewell match for one of the greatest characters in the business where's he been okay paul paul levesque tom is is he where is he what's he doing and i just i can't see him it, it, it just doesn't i don't know it, i think you got to make any sense history, man because i think if you get kenny you get jay and you get kota abushi guess what you're going to get a working relationship with new japan i don't care what you say that the forbidden door it be, is becoming more and more of a reality on WWE's part with New Japan Pro Wrestling. If they're willing to let Shinsuke go over there, and I'm, granted it wasn't New Japan, it was All Japan, but it, if you can get a healthy working relationship between the two, I think you're going to see insane things happen. But the reality right. comes crashing down at the end of the day. It's WWE, sports entertainment. Will that probably happen? Who knows? But it's fun to speculate and it's fun to to look at the bigger picture. And yeah, Dude, AJ, but AJ's, he's dialing back, man. He's, he's the, you know, his, his career's coming to an end. True. A lot of these guys who, who have been, except for Jay White, but a lot of these guys who have been New Japan, like workhorses. Yeah. Their careers, their careers are slowing down. Why not retire in WWE? I think it makes perfect sense. I, I was just going to say that's, it's a great uh, comparison to, to what I heard one person explain about um, uh, Shinsuke, right? Is Shinsuke was the artist for many, many years. Now he's the guy who's getting paid and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. He, 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 he got his bona fides. He got his credibility now get paid for it. Right. Now's the payoff. And I don't see why a guy like Kenny couldn't have that same kind of trajectory. And I mean, to, to wrap it up, man, Kenny's banged up. He is massively banged up. He, I mean, he was even question is in question if he was ever going to return in his in his return to AEW, so uh, I know Mike. Uh, again, we we always say that you're not a WWE guy, and you haven't been following too much WWE. So this this is more for Jim's wheelhouse. Jim, have um, so have you watched 
any of the recent Bray Wyatt stuff? I have not. And I'm a big Bray fan, but I have just not found myself willing to sit through the rest of the product to, to watch the Bray Wyatt stuff. So I've, I'll admit I'm a little out of the loop with Bray Wyatt. Well, uh, he cut a bizarre firehouse. Oh, uh, gosh. He cut a bizarre firehouse fun house. Wait, Firefly Funhouse? Fire, right? Firefly Funhouse. Right. So he cut a fire. Fly Funhouse uh, promo where he's back being the kind of like kids show Bray Wyatt fiend era. And it made zero sense. Like absolutely no sense. There's uh, Uncle Howdy at one point is doing like a, a weather report. Um, and it's just like complete jargon. Um Bray Wyatt has a tendency, in my opinion, to cut like Ultimate Warrior level promos where it's like, hey, man, did you like put thought into what you were saying or do you like just think it's cool? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm trying hard not to give up on Bray. Um, but man, the last month of his his story has just been just bad and and uh, there's no way around it i think it's it's incredibly bad um the promo i highly encourage you guys to watch it because it's super confusing um there's a lot of cryptic stuff in there obviously it's meant for bobby lashley or brock lesnar uh, it's about how I, i'm pretty sure he's bringing the fiend character back because i think that's what it's alluding to like you don't know what's coming you know like um he he said like I can't remember. He said something at the end of the promo. It wasn't obviously noteworthy because I can't remember it, but he was basically <laughs> implying like who's next, what's next. And, he, and he, it's, it's clearly not Goldberg, but it's, um, it's obviously a something with Lashley and Lesnar. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, my question to you guys is, do you feel that they blew it with Bray uh, too early to tell? Or um, are we at a point where it's like, you, you got to give us something. And, and I'm in that, I'm in the vein of, of you, Jim. Like I love Bray. I think he does some creative stuff, but man, when he's off, he's off. And I feel like he's really off with this one. I uh, look, nobody's perfect, right? Everybody has their off days. Uh, I, I gotta say, um, I'd have a really hard time figuring out what direction to go. If I was being put into a program with Bobby Lashley, uh, because nobody sucks charisma out of a room quite like Bobby Lashley. Um, that pairing makes zero fucking sense to me at all. Uh, I feel for Bray in the situation because, you know, he, he comes back with, you know, we talked about this on the show. He, he, he comes back with one of the most amazing returns I've ever seen in my life. And then he's put into a program with LA Knight that doesn't go anywhere. And now he's being thrown into a program with Bobby Lashley. I, I just, I, I don't, I feel like they don't know what to do with Bray and that might be stifling his creativity. Um, I, I'll have to go back and watch the Firefly Funhouse uh, from, <laughs> from last Friday. Um, I'm going to see if I can find just the clip of that online because there's no way in fuck I'm going to scroll through an entire episode of SmackDown to find it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it, it just, yeah I, you don't need to. You can find it anywhere. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't think I could do that to myself. I think I have enough problems without watching a full episode of SmackDown. Uh, I, I just, I, I kind of feel for Bray. I feel like he's thrown in limbo and and at the mercy of the court, as it were, at this point. So I'll, I'll definitely have to do my research on it. But uh, I, I do. I feel, I feel for the guy being put in a program with Bobby Lashley because how the yeah, fuck are I mean, those two going to match up? I think it was it, we kind of talked to it uh, talked about it at the last couple of podcasts of like we had all these guys that you could throw at Roman and obviously I think plans were changed thankfully for with Sammy cuz you know we love Sammy so much um but like I I just don't see him appealing I mean not appealing cuz he's he's an appealing dude but like I don't see the payoff of bringing him back and if you look at the pop from when he came back to now, it's very, it's just very muddled and it, it just doesn't make any sense. And I'm just, I'm just very confused to see where they're going. I, I it, it, it reminded me, uh, it reminds me of like what happens when you give like a 14 year old, like creative control, he's got like all they, they've got all these like great ideas, but there's no like, Oh, you need like a story and an ending to this. Like you've got some really cool ideas down here, but you need to, you know, like flesh this out a bit. Um, so I think that's where we're at. I, I, I really hope we see something soon because you're absolutely right. I don't give a shit about him and Bobby Lashley at all. Like at all. It, it would make more sense with Brock Lesnar, but he's, he's fighting Omos. Which is for fuck's sake. I mean, the worst possible. Jesus, if Brock Lesnar doesn't legitimately murder Omos in the ring, then it's a waste of an opportunity. <laughs> there, there's those two have zero fucking business working together. Yeah. Zero business. It, it's gonna be all that's gonna be is a uh Brock Lesnar trying to F5 him, which I I I can't put it past him. Uh <laughs> but uh who cares? Anyway, yeah, if, if Brock Lesnar doesn't end up going into a full on shoot in that max in that match, then it's 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 a wasted opportunity. Like, uh, you can clearly tell how excited I am about that. Like that just makes <laughs> uh, it's awful. So one of the things we didn't cover last week, but obviously is worth going back <laughs> and covering is the phenomenal rise of Sami Zayn. Uh, Sammy had a, a, I think a match that uh, was more than you could have expected was, 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 uh, as good of a match as you could have gotten out of, uh, the two competitors with Roman Reigns, uh, at the last, uh, pay-per-view event. The question now is what does the WWE do with someone like Sammy Zane? Um, he has gotten over like nobody's ever gotten over in such an organic way. Is Sami Zayn main event draw? Can Sami Zayn draw as a main event player? And where does the WWE go from here with the persona of Sami Zayn? I think uh, I was listening to a, a podcast, um, oddly enough, with Ariel Hawani before all that broke. Um, nah. And I, I think he, he kind of said it best. Uh, I think what makes him a, even a bigger star is that he's willing to say like, I'm not the face of the company. Roman is. But if you want me to hold a title, I can hold a title. Like if you want me to have a run with a title, I can do that. But if you're asking me to be the face of your company, I'm not your guy. And I thought I thought that was like incredibly like 
honest and a very genuine response, which made me love the dude even more. But I mean, I think you've got two sets of fans right now. You've got Ring of Honor and indie fans who knew him as El Generico. And now you've got the WWE machine that is, you know, Sami Zayn. Um, to me, he will, he'll always be a draw. Like, I think he's a draw no matter where he goes. Like, I think a lot of people, you know, questioned his um, allegiance to stay with WWE and not go to AEW. Um, was it a smart idea? Maybe it was because look at look at what he's doing now. Um, I think he's a draw. Is he a WWE draw? It's too hard to say right now because if you guys saw his reaction coming out Monday night, it wasn't nearly as hot as when he was in Montreal. And granted, yeah. he wasn't his hometown. Yeah. I get that. But it's starting you to, to little by little kind of decrease. And I don't know if being in a in an eventual tag match with Kevin Owens will save that. Or I do did I think WWE may have missed the boat and putting a title at least on him. Um to me, he'll always be a draw. As far as like the rest of the audience, tough to say, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough way out of it when when because it's inevitable. I think it's they're going to win the, the titles at Mania. Where do you go from there? And then where, how do you carry that momentum? And I love Kevin, uh, Kevin Owens. But, uh, you know, is Kevin Owens also the right guy for that. Hmm. If that makes any sense to you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I take that a little personally as a professional Kevin Owens impersonator. <laughs> Uh, I can't help but feel that you're taking a direct yes. shot at me. And that was 100% shot fired. You son of a bitch. Yeah. You. Which basically all I'm trying to do is like, do something better, Jim. Will you? <laughs> so, so I, 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 I kind of want to jump in here as, as someone who's been, you know, again, away. Yes. I've been away from the WWE product and, uh, not really a fan. So just more, but I'm trying to approach this as more of an outsider view. Um, and putting my wrestling thinking cap on it's Tom hearing you explain what's been going on with Sammy and the position, the position is he's in and Jim, the questions that you're, that you're asking and everything that I know about wrestling, it feels like Sammy Zane is a lot like Mick Foley. Um, during the rock and Mick Foley run where it was like, he would get that hot pop. He was, he was over. He was for a couple of years and it, it eventually segmented his legacy in very weird ways, but that was the thing that put him on the map. And I could see this being a, why not put the title? I you know, I could see Roman dropping to Cody they need an immediate kind of, okay, cool, Cody. Give them Sami Zayn. Not saying that it necessarily needs to, to, and that's where it gets kind of muddy. But I could see is, what I was trying to get at, though, is like, I, I think it was like when Chris Benoit won the title, he had his good run with it, and then he eventually dumped it off to Randy Orton. Um, and then it, that was pretty much it for Chris Benoit, but he was still there, you know, a la McFoley. He was still there. You give him a title every once in a while. You put him in a good run, but you give him the spotlight at some point. When you do that, I don't know. And again, so maybe, Tom, to your point, did they miss the boat with that? They might have. I, I don't know, but that's just from someone who 
has been kind of an outside perspective. So Tom, obviously, you know, well, I think, I think no question, the bloodline storyline has been probably one of the best storylines in WWE for years. And I would even go so far and say like wrestling period. It's just been a, it's been a phenomenal ride. I think it's been a phenomenal story and I give credit to where credit's due. I think a lot of that is also Roman Reigns, but also too Jay Uso and Solo. They all play their parts masterfully. And I just think that Sammy was just something that was not planned. It happened organically. Um, I do like the comparisons with Mick Foley. I, I, I don't know about Benoit, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but like, well, I'm just I, saying his, no, no, I know what you I meant, did. man. I was just, yeah, I was just okay. giving you a rib, man. You know, the guy who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> but like, I think at the end of the day though, like because of the, of the, how good the story was and there was parts of it that happened so organically and kind of started growing, you know, in different directions, because I think in all honesty, the guy who needs to be to take down Roman Reigns should have been Jay Uso, because I think that story was phenomenally told. Um, I, I just feel like at this point, giving Sammy a belt would be almost just kind of, I mean, yes, I would love to see him hold the title, but like, giving him a belt for the sake of giving a belt. I don't, I don't know how well that would go over as like a performer too. I'd be kind of like, man, I've been grinding at this for years and now you're just going to be like, oh, here you go. Um, but like the, uh, man. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence, Jim. I'm kind of curious to see what, 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 what your thoughts are. I think the, the titles as they were pre Roman reigns, Absolutely. I could see Sami Zayn holding one of the belts. Mm -hmm. The the story that has been surrounding the titles since Roman accumulated them. I don't see Sami as that guy. I see in the current landscape of WWE. I see Sami as a wonderful IC US title holder. Um, I think you've got to you you've got to change the narrative around what it means to be world champion. And then Sammy could easily be a world champion. Do I think he's talented enough? Absolutely. My concern is from a business perspective. Will the typical WWE fan see Sammy as a credible champion? Should they? Absolutely. Will they? I'm skeptical. And so I, I, I think, you know, look, we all know what's coming right at WrestleMania. Cody's going to win the belts at WrestleMania. I think you have to separate them into two different titles. You have to let them breathe a little bit, let them take on their own life, lose some of that. This is the Holy grail, uh, right? That, that Roman has turned it into then give Sammy that shot. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Sammy Zayn with the world title at some point, but we got to let it breathe a little bit. It can't, it can't be this close to Roman's reign. That was a pun. I, I, I got it. Guys, okay, thank you. <laughs> no, I got. I didn't it. want to let that one just fly by. I was that was a decent pun. <laughs> it was good. Um, I, I kind of you know I know I definitely agree with you. It, it actually kind of it, it makes it makes me feel the same kind of way about Cody. Um, I feel like Cody is headed for disaster. Unfortunately, just because of how how they have to put an end on this story because. You know, yeah, it, it ran its course. Was it a great story? Of course. Now we kind of need something different. But like Cody for sure is I, I still not sold on the guy. Like is Cody Rhodes the guy? Is he would he be a great champion? Absolutely. But he, is he the guy, though? Because like 
it ebbs and flows. I mean, I, I was just recently at one of the house shows and he didn't get that big of a pop. Like it was kind of just a mixed, like eh, Cody's here. Okay. <laughs> and Tom, not to, you know, um, I've, I've heard that there are thoughts of actually doing a Roman versus um, Sammy versus Cody and then something coming down to the wire and whatnot. And then that's obviously Roman steps aside. Uh, very, it reminded me very reminiscent of Taz. Uh, uh, oh my God, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka, where Taz kind of bows out and lets, I could see that kind of happening. And like, sure, Roman will come back in, but I could see Roman kind of taking a big bump, something like that, letting Cody and say, if this ends up happening, which to me makes sense. You build this. Roman comes in, you know, does a couple things. Ooh, wow, gets a big pop. We know Cody ultimately is going over. But what are you thinking the most about Cody and Sammy? So what's the next big thing? It That's kind of helping building Cody along. And to your point, Tom, that's going to be the make or break. And if it's not, and if Sammy's still hot, guess what? The belt's going to drop. I guarantee by like SummerSlam, something like that. If Cody's not over enough, that that it's going to change hands. It has to. Something I saw caught my eye. Uh, Wanted to see if you guys had heard anything about this, but um, as we know, uh, Ring of Honor is slowly starting to come. It's getting, it's, it's coming to life. Uh, And most recently I, they've held several uh, TV tapings. Um, And at one of them, uh, Wheeler Yuta, uh was it was in this is where i get i'm not sure so help me out here uh it was wheeler Yuta versus i think it was knuckleball schwartz <laughs> <laughs> oh, at one of the tv tapings wheeler Yuta defended the uh roh pure title against clark connors uh uh cole cabana bj whitmer dean malenko were the judges uh that's what happens in a pure match. If you're unfamiliar with the Ring of Honor rules, rules in a pure match, uh, they they have these judges, and it's just yeah, look it up. So anyway, good match, and at the end of it, Wheeler Yuta apparently calls out Shibata, and that that's I've heard this, and right before we jumped on, Tom specifically mentioned something. He's like. Wheeler Yuta called out Shibata and my Tom is a, is a very, very big Shibata fan. So what is going, Tom has, have you heard anything about like, what, what is this? And why did Wheeler Yuta call out Shibata? Well, I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense because they're going to do the pure championship rules, which means there's not going to be a lot of like, super physicality that like Shibata's used to, uh, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be, I, I don't, I'm not real familiar with the ring of honor, like pure rules, but like, I doubt headbutting until you, you know, give yourself a brain aneurysm is allowed. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I do follow him on like various social platforms and I think he's, he's, you know, very quiet, you know? And I, I mean, I think he's just, I don't think that's uh, like a ploy of his. I just think that it, that's just what he's doing. I mean, I don't think he wants to get like fully back into wrestling. I just don't think that's a, a reality for him. And he knows that. I mean, so yeah, you're going to have these, 
maybe one one off matches, but he's going to be incredibly protected. And of course, who else would be do a better job other than Orange Cassidy would be Wheeler Yuta. I mean, the kid. I mean, a lot. Of, I love the kid. The kid's great. He um, he he's the whole pure the that whole pure side of, of wrestling. I I really love, and I think he's just going to protect. He's he's going to do a great job protecting Shibata and. Do I think Shibata's going to win the championship? No, but I think it's a nice rub to have, you know, another just like that kind of uh, accolade on on Wheeler Yuta's career. Like, hey, man, I hung with Shibata, even though, yeah, he's not 100%, but he's still, you know, he's still Shibata. He's still a huge draw. Um, so, yeah, I haven't really heard too much come out from like, you know, I hate to say like Shibata's camp, but I mean, that's the only way I can think about it. Um but no, I, I think he's, I think it's just his way of kind of like doing what, you know, we all kind of, um, you know, thought that, uh, Kota Obushi would be doing, but he's doing that for new, like the new Japan dojo. He's just finding guys that he can have like safe matches with to promote. They're like, Hey, you know, these guys can hang and they're really good. You should check them out. So I think that's what ultimately it's going to be, um, which, Hey, I'm more Shibata the better for me. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be an absolute fucking barnstormer of a match um you know shibata's match against orange cassidy was fucking phenomenal um i think in that match shibata showed that uh he has a lot more character than i think people would assume um you know coming from that new japan strong style you, you don't see a lot of character work and he showed that he is very multi-dimensional uh in that match with orange cassidy i think going against wheeler yuda especially in a, in a as you guys mentioned in a pure rules match is going to allow him to not only be protected, but to again show himself as being very multifaceted and 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 really growing his brand um, and growing the Ring of Honor brand. You know, yeah. I mean, that's a huge fucking get for Ring of Honor to have Shibata in a match at the pay per view. The guy who you know he's only wrestled once before, you know, since his injury. Yeah, that's a huge fucking deal for them. So I'm really excited for the match. Uh, I, I think Wheeler Yuta has proven himself to be worthy of that match. Uh, and I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I, I think, you know, when when Shibata came back, he said he had two people he wanted to face Orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson. <laughs> I would fucking love to see Shibata win the title and call out Brian Danielson. Because that's how you transition Come the title on. from Wheeler to Danielson. I tell me that wouldn't get fucking people to to buy the pay per view. Shibata versus Danielson for the pure title. Gee, oh fuck me. I mean, just go ahead and take all my money right now. I would love to see that happen. And you, you know what, Jim? Now that you mentioned it, it's got it's got my brain working here. Um, who who could and because obviously Danielson would beat Shibata. Who's he going to call out? Zack Sabre Jr. Because he just signed with Ring of Honor. That's correct. The end of all Ta-da. that. Like how really of an ending. Oh, yeah, dude. We're Wait. 100%. We are guaranteed to see Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. And that match is going to be amazing. So, oh, wow. So not to. <laughs> you didn't uh, know about my- all this, man? I yeah the glory of just blind clickbait. Uh, wh- <laughs> no, Z- what Zack Saber Junior yeah. signed with yeah. Ring of Honor? Yep. Yeah, it's just announced like maybe a couple days ago. Man, I want to say a couple days ago. I yeah, missed, he, he man, I missed something. Damn. Yep, uh, Zack Saber Junior and um, 
So like that's because I was that's where I thought I was like, why why is he fighting Shibata? Why isn't he fighting Saber Jr.? And then now you're connecting the dots, Jim. And I was like, oh man. Wow. Even cool. if it's not, even if it's not for the pure title, like Danielson and Saber Jr. is gonna happen. Like, and it's gonna be the greatest thing, and I'm gonna give them all of my money. Yeah. <laughs> be good. I'm gonna need multiple pairs of pants. Yes. Well, I also uh, saw so <laughs> Well, speaking of this, and and I don't know, maybe we can end on this. Um, I also saw, because uh, I know, I think the original plan for Forbidden Door was Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Brian Danielson. And yes. I saw something the other day that there was a potential slip up of a date that was released for the Forbidden Door 2 of AEW and new mm. Japan. And um, yeah, I'll have to send it to you guys. I didn't think anything of it. It just kind of, I don't know. I did lots going on. So uh, didn't think to click on it for some weird reason, but now this is just hearing you guys talk about it. And with Zack Sabre jr. Now with ring of honor and this, and it like, okay, maybe I'm going to go back and look at this, this bit of news. So, I guess, I don't know, to be continued, but just didn't know if you guys had heard anything about, you know, a potential Forbidden Door 2, which, you know. Well, that's that's funny that you, you brought up Forbidden Door 2, man. Uh, man why did I said man so weird? Man, <laughs> man, man, man. man. Uh, um, was um, CM Punk was uh, spotted at that Ring of Honor show in, in California yep. and Oh, wasn't oh did I say yeah New Japan oh my gosh a battle in the valley I believe so and um so CM Punk was there and I don't uh Jim since you're a resident Twitter guy have you seen the uh <laughs> Kenta trolling uh CM Punk but yeah yeah I saw I saw that uh yeah Kenta was said uh you know oh I saw you wanted to get a good view of what the move's supposed to look like or something yeah like that. oh I yeah mean, it, the real go to seeds man or whatever it's the little seeds they're planting, which I think is great. And I think, yeah, we're going to see Punk come back. And if there's a Forbidden to, uh, forbidden Door 2, we're going to 100% see Kenta versus CM Punk, which is, come on. God, are you kidding I mean, me? Which is, they seem to be, so here's, a, again, maybe this is just, I don't know, just dumb bullshit transition. But um, I'm kind of intrigued to see, I really think FTR and Punk are coming back at the same time. It just something, I just got a weird feeling. Yep. I, which is interesting is like, do they come back as babyface or do they come back as heel? Because I can kind of see Kenny Omega and the young bucks giving up the trios to the house of black. Give me a couple months of just doom, doom. And who shows up to beat them? I don't yeah. is that right I'm not sure it's a good introduction for punk to come back in you know what I mean but like I want to actually also see them come back as just awful awful heels and like yeah I could see but then again like that would kind of fuck up MJF so it's like I, I there's a lot here I, I just don't know if you guys have heard anything on the the, the punk FTR front? Well, I so. I will say that that Mark Henry had a brilliant idea in in his podcast where he said that have punk and FTR come back to challenge the elite, but the stipulation is the loser has to apologize. Not a title oh, match, man. but a pride match. I would, f oh my God, what I, that would be fucking fantastic. Because I love the, I, I'm right there with you, Mike. I would love to see House of Black take the trio's titles 
let them feud, let them do their thing. And then when Punk and FDR come back, it's not for gold. It's it's for respect. Right. Loser has to apologize. I think that would be so fucking brilliant and such an amazing way to to do storytelling in the modern day. Fucking Mark Henry. Well done. Sexual chocolate. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> May, May Young's lovers got some good shit cooking there, buddy. That man gave <laughs> May Young a hand. No. No, boo. Deep cut. Deep cut, anybody? Um, well, I don't. I, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the the speculation about um, MJF not being the draw that he thinks he is. Um, and I hate saying that because I think he's a, a magnificent person, wrestler. Um, but there, I, I it sounds like there's um, the big big execs. Uh, for TV are a little worried that he's MJF is actually like kind of driving viewers away from some of the promos that he's been doing. And a lot of the, there was a um, article clickbait, whatever you want to call it that I was reading that a lot of people are thinking that Brian's going to win because the TV execs want Daniel Bryan as the face of the company. Um, yeah, Brian. Did I? Did, God damn. Shit. Sorry, sorry, guys. This is what happens when I have a week off from you guys. All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's interesting to look at because Mike, to answer your question, like if MJF disappears for a little bit to kind of maybe rebrand himself, which I don't think he needs to, but like just kind of has a break, you can easily put um, CM Punk and the the. God, I want to call them the revival uh, FTR. You get them in there as nasty heels, and then you've got your you've got your nasty heels. And Jim too. Like if a loser apologizes, how great would it be if the elite apologize and then they shake hands, low blow, they get booed out of the arena? There you have it. Uh, you know that great. would just be beautiful. Well, it's it's interesting, and God, man, I feel like we could talk about MJF um, and what's going on for no, for real. I think we could because it's interesting that you said that, Tom. Because Kate and I, we were parking, and I brought up this whole that like MJF's been acting kind of strange lately, and it's you know, and even I told her at, about you know some of the this you know because uh, Jim brought it up in several a couple episodes ago or the other episode where the live reference was to like Liv Morgan um and whatnot and because they're very good friends um and this and that but even kate was like that i don't like that like that doesn't like because i told her about the blowjob reference and that he switched and i'm like what i'm trying to get at is is i feel like mjf has a very very hard he's a great wrestler great talker and he has a great character but he wants to be rick flair in an era where rick flair no longer works and it's you how that is so hard to be someone who how do you be a guy who everyone hates where you're not going to get canceled, where you're not going to get. And I'm not saying and respectfully so, because he everything that I've heard about MJF and I'm not this is not a shit on him at all, is that when uh, with the whole Kanishua with uh, uh, Kanosuke, he asked him beforehand if he could do. He said, can I do this? And they were like he was like, absolutely. And whatnot. So he's everything I've heard about. He's been very respectful. Um, And it just I feel like it's just the era of what he's trying to do is it. I don't know. Again, maybe a conversation for 
<laughs> a separate thing, but I just, it's, I think what he's trying to do is just, it's too hard to get over at this point. And it's only obviously, you know, the people who know this and absolutely know that this guy is literally working everybody, but not everybody knows this and, and all they hear is everything else. Hopefully what won't take uh, two hours is the matches <laughs> of the week. Uh, I, I'll i make mine quick. Um, wasn't overly impressed with several uh, of the, you know, I again, just because I don't watch WWE doesn't mean I don't read about it. You know, if it's good enough, I'll watch it. I didn't see anything that was really, really good enough. I barely honestly even made it through AEW's Dynamite last week. It just was... <laughs> It was a rough one, but um, if I had to pick a match, uh, I'll go with the main event um, only strictly because man did Evil Uno work his ass off and well done. The man deserves the guy. He can talk and he can most importantly, that guy can work um, as a bigger man. I it, he that damn that guy just works very, very hard and very, very well. Um, he held up with Moxley. Um, I'm pretty sure I was watching it and I went, I almost bet dollars to donuts. Evil Uno said, hit me as hard as you can. Just do it. Just do it. I'm I'll get through it. And cause you could tell there was a couple of times where it felt like Uno was Molly whopped and was just, and he <laughs> gritted and bared it, but good for him. I thought it was good. I feel like people are going to talk about Evil Uno as they rightfully should. So as they rightfully should. Uh, so that's my match of the week. It's a little tough to get through at some points. Um, again, Moxley Blades because it's Moxley. What? Um, but yeah, I know, Tom. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. No. Um, but so did he get, did Mox get his hundredth win or his hundredth blade? Yeah. Tomato, yeah. tomato. Yeah, I mean. In a mox match, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, at the end, they do he holds on to the bulldog choke or whatever it is the fuck he's doing. Uh it brings out <laughs> hangman. They're of course the Texas death match. And uh, you know, it's it it's it's funny. Um my wife is a is a big hangman fan, and she's also she's not a fan of blading. And I said we're going to watch revolution. And I told her about the Texas death match that's coming up. And she was like, yep, nope, I'm not going to watch. And I said, I'm, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why they're doing it, but this was the buildup for this. But ultimately what I was trying to get at is watch evil. Uno, watch a guy who has worked his ass off and rightfully so got a good main event. And Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't know, Jim. I know you're a big, big Evil Uno guy, so I'm assuming you saw it. But, Tom, I don't know if you saw it. Jim, Tom, thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I, I am a huge Evil Uno advocate. Uh, I, I think he doesn't get the respect he deserves. I think because of his body type and because of the, the way that his character has been used up to this point, a lot of people don't take him seriously. He's a fucking good worker. 
right? When, when, when Uno was part of Super Smash Brothers, right? Before they came, before he was evil Uno, right? Before it was Dark Order, they were the Super Smash Brothers. And their work in PWG was fucking phenomenal. And I, I thought that this was a really good coming out opportunity for evil Uno uh, to be in there against somebody like Mox and show that he can hang. You know, he can hang. And I think, you know, I, I love the fact that the ending was not a tap out, but a pass out. I love that Uno didn't quit. Right. Uno did not fucking tap. And let's start putting some credibility and let's start, you know, to quote Birdman, put some respect on my name. I would love to see more people put respect <laughs> on the name of Evil Uno because he's not just he's yet. Yeah, does he have great character work and great comedy skills? Yes. But he's not just that. He's more than that. And and so I I love that match because this was an opportunity for people to see Evil Uno as a phenomenal worker uh, and a phenomenal talent, not just the funny guy. So I I, I loved it as well. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Great. Yeah, dude. Great main event. Um, Mox is man. He's he's to me. Either you love the guy or you hate the guy. And I mean, I do like him. I think he's such a fun wrestler to watch and i think rightfully deserved the um wrestler of the year award for the pwi um and evil uno man i i will be uh the first one out of this group to be i never have watched his stuff um i always just kind of thought he was like kind of that shtick that you he's the guy that you kind of have um you know the guy take the big bumps you know through the table and he's the manager and he's all that but Damn, I was blown away by his performance. I was like, whoa, dude, I did I had no idea this guy can like legit hang. Um, and yeah, Jim, I think you're absolutely right. I think he doesn't get the credit that he's deserved, unfortunately, because of his body type, which is stupid. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I again I'm kind of getting a little uh I hate to use this expression, but a little turned off by <laughs> the blading, the amount of blading that Mox does and the amount that like it used to be such a like not a mystique, but it was such a good like part of a story that you could tell. And now it's just like every other match. It's like, all right, guys, like draw it back a little bit. You need you need to save it for those big moments and not like mocks where he's like and it's getting like almost to, to a point where it's like too obvious. Like you can see the ref handing it or Mox is handing it back to the ref. And it's like, guys don't show all your cards. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but like, no, great main event, man. Great main event. I think it was a great choice, Mike. Tom, uh, so what, uh, your choice. Oh, man. So I've been watching a lot of WCW and I'm not joking, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, I've just been like cataloging through nitros. <laughs> um, and I, I have to say, um, this isn't my match of the week, but I highly recommend you guys to, uh, to our folks that listen to go back and find like some deep WCW gems. I, I seriously watched, um, Ray Mysterio and psychosis, which was just fantastic young cruiserweights unreal so good um and then it ends with the nwo just like talking for 20 minutes um but my <laughs> my match of the week uh was uh wheeler yuda and orange cassidy um it, I, I we already talked about wheeler yuda orange cassidy is a star beyond a star beyond a star that guy just he knows he knows his audience he knows when to be funny he knows when to be serious he's just like to me, such a well-rounded, like perfect wrestler for that company. And he is absolutely 100% perfect with that title. I hope he holds it for a while. 
Um, I think do do I see him being main event? Tough to say, but he's definitely a dude that like if I was Tony Khan being like, how much money do you need to stay? What do you need to stay? I will make it as as comfortable as I can. Cause you have done nothing but perform every time you, you you're with a wrestler. Um, and so it, I, I don't know who, who really came out looking better in that match. Um, I think the company as a whole did, it was just phenomenal match. I thought it was just absolutely great storytelling. I love that you know, Wheeler Yuta goes out and he gets slapped in the face to kind of get fired up. And, um, I think you can, you can see that too. Like Orange Cassidy is able to like switch that right back and, and, you know, answer with him getting fired up. So, um, a perfect, perfect wrestling match to me. I thought it was really great. Now that was in my top three for sure for the week. Um, I, you know, I, I, again, I, I, we've said it before and I, I think it's worth repeating over and over again. Orange Cassidy is a good fucking wrestler. Absolutely. He's not, he's not just a gimmick. He's a great wrestler. And I, I loved yeah. the story that they were building there. Uh, I loved having Claudio come out and kind of, you know, guiding his, you know, his, his, his younger protege. Mm-hmm. I really yep. liked every aspect of that match. And not least of which was that it was, it was really good match storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job of telling a story throughout the progression of the match. So, yeah, fantastic pick. Um, and and the fact that they started Dynamite with that match blows me away. That's a fucking main event, and yeah. they started Dynamite with it. I thought was a, I thought that was an interesting move. They definitely do that way. that a, not frequently, but when it does happen, you're just kind of like, huh? I thought this was going to be a main event. What a treat! This is going to be wonderful. I could see it being a main event, but honestly, I could also see it being a mid card match like this is also something i could tune in like seriously and this is it, I, I, trying to remember sorry my brain got stroked out there for a second but um because jim and i were talking about this where it was like i can't remember what match we had talked about but i think it was i think it was my match of the week last week where it was like this is good this is something where i'm like well who's wheeler yuda i'm gonna go look at who Wheeler, you know Oh, who the hell is Orange Cassidy? I'm going to go. It's that rabbit hole. And I refer to it like to me, it was like, who's Dean Malenko? Who's, you know, Chris Benoit? Who's Psychosis? Who's Rey Mysterio? A solid, solid mid card match. Not shitting on that at all. It's just that's what it I could. I just kind of surprised that you guys are kind of seeing it more as a main event. Absolutely. It could be a main event, but I could also see it as a. I, I thought it was a good opener. I thought it was a great opener, you know, a good opener slash mid, you know, obviously not mid card, but mm-hmm. you know, in that vein, I could see it even a couple matches after opening. Sure. Well, and they, I mean, they're both mid card title holders, so it makes sense, right? All Atlantic champion, mm-hmm. pure title champion. Yeah, I, I get that logic yeah. there. <laughs> I'm just like, like it just in terms of caliber of match, I thought it was I thought it was, you know, main event caliber gotcha. of match. But it, I completely see your logic there, Mike, on on putting that as a phenomenal because you're right. There's nothing wrong with being a great mid card. Nothing wrong with being a great mid card. So that leaves us with you, Jim, who, who, and, uh, what's your match of the week? Uh, okay. So, um, I'm not sure exactly what to call it, but, uh, the, the, the tag team battle Royal, uh, any match where Jeff Jarrett comes out on top, if you got 20 guys in the ring and Jeff Jarrett's the last one, stay. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, Tony Khan, fuck you in your mother's wrinkled cunt. Fuck you so much 
for letting Jeff Jarrett be the lone. God damn it. I will fuck. No. Uh, I, so Jim, <laughs> funny note. I was watching that and Kate, Kate was sleeping on the couch. And when that happened, I was like, uh, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> like I just, she's like, but Kate woke up and was like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it, this is bad. And I was like, that's all I said. I think that was all I said. She went back to sleep. And I was like, I like I, something happened. I felt like I'll just I'll never not be mad about Jeff Jarrett existing, let alone yeah. fucking like, winning. Fuck you. Fuck. Because I could guarantee no offense. And I'm like, I'm not trying to shit on him because it's like, I get it. Your old man died. But like, I could see it's like, I'm going to go on first. You're going to do this. But. I'm going to win that battle Royal. Like I just, that's Tom. Like you said, his fucking ego, like his, fuck that well, guy. On top of that, like it's, it's really funny. I like just came across, um, cause you know, because of how much we follow like wrestling stuff, you know, like I get like constant, like algorithms of like wrestling clips on Instagram. And it was the clip where Jarrett comes out on Monday nitro from recently getting fired from WCW guys, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been like down some weird rabbit holes lately. <laughs> and, um, and it was, he cut that, you know, the shoot promo where, you know, Austin supposedly went to the back and like legitimately like put the middle finger to his face and yeah. was like, I don't want to yeah. work with you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I was reading all the comments and like, I love reading like comments of actual fans and not being like Jeff Jarrett's the best. And the best one that stood out was, and this motherfucker still thinks he's a draw. And I was like, God, it's it's so accurate, crazy to me that, yes, he thinks he's a draw and he's failed in every company he's been at. Yep. He does not make money and it doesn't make sense. Like at this point, he owes Tony Khan money. I'm I or no, Tony Khan owes him money. Right. Yes. Tony Khan owes him money because there's no way there's no explanation other than like, why are you on TV? Other than. Like Tony Khan owes you money and this is how he's repaying you with TV time. Yeah. Maybe Jeff Jarrett has Polaroids of Tony Khan fucking a sheep or something. I don't know. Cause there's, there's, there's no way that people are clamoring for Jeff Jarrett. There's just no goddamn way it's happening. Anyway, all the tag teams too. Sorry, Jim. I know we're cutting into your, like of all, I like, God damn it. Like, God damn it. Yeah. yeah, it's again. I've said it before. I'll 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 say it again. Every second Jeff Jarrett is on the screen is a second he's taking away from somebody more deserving. And yep. fuck him for that. Hundred percent. Speaking yep. of more deserving, my actual match of the week uh, to to <laughs> yes, help sir. perpetuate uh, to help perpetuate the pigeonhole that Tom has put me in yes. uh, as not only the Twitter guy but as the Impact guy. My match of the week was a six man tag from Impact No Surrender. Uh, it was the Bullet Club versus Time Machine. Uh, number one, when I when they announced this match, I thought, holy fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> this is a dream match. Uh, number two, I personally cannot love the name Time Machine more. For those of you who aren't aware, Bullet Club in this instance, it was Kenta making his impact debut along with Ace Austin. 
and Chris Bay versus Time Machine, which was made up of Kushida, Alex Shelley, and Nick Saban. Uh, or Chris Saban. Nick Saban. Yeah, it was the coach for Alabama. Uh, it was Chris Saban. <laughs> so it was the Motor City Machine Guns, right, of Shelley and Saban, and then the Time Splitters of Kushida and Alex Shelley, and so they combined to become Time Machine. Yeah. I just thought that was fucking brilliant. I really, like, I just... Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. I think, Jim, you and I kind of had that moment when we were like, <laughs> like when we figured out like the names so like great. But i just i thought i i loved this match it was one of those rare first of all i love six man uh matches i do i'm a big fan of trios matches and this is one of those trios matches where all six guys got their stuff in there was a lot of teamwork it wasn't this haphazard like you know three faces versus three heels it was there were there was cohesion on each team it was just it was an nice. absolute thing of beauty. And yeah, I, if if you aren't regularly watching Impact, number one, I get it. I understand. It's not the easiest thing to find, uh, number one. But please try and find a way to watch this match. It was it was inspiring. I mean, it was really it was a beautiful it was a thing of beauty. Um, hmm. Watching Kenta in that match was just it really, you know, we were talking earlier about how great would it be to see Kenta versus CM Punk at a Forbidden Door 2. I think after this match, it really just wets my whistle even more for that. So I, I, you know, all six of those guys are phenomenal workers. I have a shit ton of respect for. And this match was just absolutely phenomenal. One of the one of the best I've seen this year so far. See, that's my that's my problem with with impact, man, is that it's I mean, I have no quarrels about it obviously there's you know old impact which is like um (laughs) and but like new new stuff like new impact like there's some really good matches on there but it's so hard to find and so hard to watch without having because like i don't have cable and i i god only knows what station they're on now but like i always hear it after like almost a, a week too late or i'll hear it from you that oh you need to go check it out so i mean i will definitely go find it but Going into it, I'm just like, oh, oh yeah, Impact. It's a thing. I keep forgetting. <laughs> this almost reminds me, honestly, like Impact kind of reminds me, Tom. Um, I don't know if you remember in uh, Tom and I uh, lived in Wisconsin for a clip. Um, and when satellite TV was a big thing, uh, we got it. And we we didn't we had the hookup. We didn't even have it um, registered yet. And I remember the commercials ECW, for ECW. Yeah. And this impact reminds me of what they're doing because I completely forgot about Kushida and um, um, uh, time machine, whatever it is they're going by the the motor suit machine guns, Kushida, time machine, whatever. And I like I that feels like something. It's kind of cool. Like I could see some younger fan being like, "Hey, who are these guys?" And like you get some cool music. You know, maybe not Rob Zombie or <laughs> I mean I don't know. It it worked for the time, but just felt very reminiscent of that Tom and I didn't know if you you kind of got that feeling when you look like when you think of like trying to find impact stuff it's like wait what wait no it's where or wait no uh, oh right they did do that and like I think that's my frustration about impact where it's like questionable questionable holy shit this wow this is a really big surprise and then like questionable 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 holy shit really big surprise like jay white was there for a long time and i don't yeah. think anybody it's ever remembered yeah, it's like it. weird weird 
questionable match of the year weird weird and you're like wait what <laughs> like let's go back there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I thought was uh, a good, uh, like honestly, a good choice for uh, a, a, a spotlight. We've been talking about uh, the Pure Championship uh, multiple, multiple times. Uh, so I don't know if that's a hint as to who I'm uh, going to share with you, gentlemen. Um, but really, there isn't much to say uh, about him um, as because he... Uh, has really, God, 2015, I believe it was his debut. Uh, so still very, very new, um, but has made a very, very significant impact uh, in, in, in the industry. And I really, truly think he's uh, got a lot of potential and a lot of growth, um, specifically because he has given – given his background. So uh, I don't know. I know that sounds a lot. It sounds kind of vague. Uh, uh, but gentlemen, uh, any idea as to who I might be talking about? Uh, like I said, the, I, the biggest hint I could give is he is a pure champion. He truly is a, a pure champion uh, in, 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 my, in my book. Well, the <laughs> fact that you said he's made a real impact makes me think that it's probably like PCO, but then he's been around a lot longer than 2015 and was never a pure champion, uh, made an impact. So, uh, I'm going to go with Monty Brown, alpha male. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. Otherwise I'll, I'll throw my voice out. Unfortunately, no, Jim. Sorry, no, it's not Monty <laughs> Brown or the Alpha Male or whatever the fuck his name is. When I when I think of uh, pure wrestling, I think of you know guys who eat clean, work out clean. So is this Hulk Hogan? Guys, <laughs> yeah, it's Hulk Hogan. Ryback? No. Yeah, is it Ryback? It's, it's Ryback, Ryback, right? <laughs> Scott Steiner. He's pure, right? <laughs> oh shit. Well, it's got to be, it's got to be legitimately, it's got to be John Gresham. Yeah. I was going to say legitimately all joking aside. I, I, is it Gresham? It is not. Um, It is, it is a guy who I'm slowly becoming a fan of. uh, And that is Mr. Josh Woods. Uh, nice. Is my spotlight oh, what's it? for, uh, for what's this it? one, Mr. Woods, uh, who has really kind of blown up um, in the past uh, several years. Uh, believe it or not, he actually beat Mr. Jonathan Gresham for the pure title, uh, who he eventually lost it to Wheeler Yuta. Um, I don't know if that was his. It was odd. He didn't get much of a rematch because I believe Josh Woods was the last ring of honor pure when ring of honor was still ring of honor he was their last pure champion so again i know they kind of went in a weird direction where they were dumping off belts and this and that but um no i just i thought he's been he's popped up um a lot uh with AEW, uh which we'll get to in a second but really ultimately uh josh wood was uh he's an amateur wrestler um and i actually didn't know this um and i'm i'd be intrigued to see if you gentlemen knew this uh, but one of the things that he does, um, outside of, uh, 
he after he got out of his amateur uh, collegiate wrestling career is that he runs camps for Ultimate Fighters. Uh, he's had he's hosted uh, Seth Petrozelli was the guy who knocked out Kimbo Slice, uh, uh, Mike wow. Perry, and Tom Lawler who. Big time New Japan guy. He's starting that circuit. Big MLW guy. So it's just kind of interesting. So Josh Woods kind of represents this weird hybrid of wrestling MMA. Um, and it, and it, I could see it working. So ultimately, really, he starts out doing this. Um, he's, you know, from what I understand, a good, good, solid wrestler. Was he a Kurt Angle? No, but a good, very good wrestler. Um, and so he ends up getting signed by NXT, actually, believe it or not. And I do not remember this, but he was there for, yeah, he was there for two years. And really? I, yeah, never saw him. Uh, he was there from 2014 to 2016. Uh, so wow. in this time, that's when he kind of debuts. So, yeah, so I'm assuming just his wrestling background, um, JR. You know, they, they, I, I don't know if JR was with the company at this time, but just the I know that WWE heavily recruits from wrestling schools or wrestling people with wrestling backgrounds. Uh, the Kemp brothers, big time wrestlers, Brock Lesnar, a big time wrestler, uh, Jack Swagger or what, what Jack, Jake Hager, big time <laughs> wrestler. So I could see that, but I just I didn't hear I didn't know this. I didn't know anything about him until he debuts with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor uh, in 2016. And he's ultimately, again, with Ring of Honor in, from 2016 until they kind of fold. And then he debuts with AEW. Um, kind of hops around a little bit with AEW. And, I, um, and this is kind of where he ultimately is right now, um, is he ends up working with um, Tony Nese. And it starts kind of like, eh, I'm not sure about this. And it actually works. It's starting to work really well. I think they got a great mark uh, mouthpiece with Mark Sterling. Uh, and yeah, so that's just kind of my pick. Um, he recently had a wonderful match with Mark Briscoe. I believe it was my match of the week. Uh, mm -hmm. The other week when Jim and I, Tom, you were out. Uh, and it was a great match. And what happens in the Battle Royal he comes out and he chases away Josh Woods. So I think we're going to see some Mark Briscoe, Josh Woods stuff. Give me more Josh Woods. He's he, he, thoughts. Again, I know he's kind of new, very fresh, but he seems he, he seems to. He's finding his footing is essentially what it seems like to me. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on, 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 on Mr. Woods. I didn't, he have like a, didn't he have like a kind of a solid run in PWG for a minute? If I'm not mistaken, because that's where I think I've, I've heard him from. I heard the name Josh Woods originally, because I don't know if it was Jim or you, uh, Mike, who, who suggested like, Hey, you should really kind of keep your eye on this guy. Cause he did. He had like a really. I don't know who he wrestled with, but like I know he had like a really good program with somebody, and it was like PWG. I don't know if it was Ring of Honor even, but I know it was like super indie, and it was, it was just kind of out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I like the guy. I think he's great. I don't know too much about him, um, but I like what I see, and I think he's again one of these talents you need to build your company. Um, I feel like, unfortunately, with how 
I don't know if it's bad booking with Wardlow or what's going on with Wardlow and the whole Joe thing. I feel like I don't want to say they missed the boat, but I could definitely see Josh Woods stepping up to be that kind of Wardlow guy and like have him as this like monster type dude. Um, and, uh, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not like scared of like where Wardlow is because I like Wardlow a lot, but like it's definitely in some murky waters right now. Um, so yeah, I think Josh Woods is, 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 is a must have in your company. If you want to start with new, you know, new stars and new, new talent for sure. So real quick, Jim, uh, Tom, I don't know if you knew this, uh, and maybe Jim, cause I know you kind of follow the Midwest, IE Milwaukee kind of circuit, uh josh woods was trained by mr silas young tom no, no kidding yeah yeah oh, i was like man I, yep and i was like right on and so it's no i it, it, again um that thought that was kind of an interesting fact i don't know just like another guy who uh you know who may or may not pop up in future episodes but uh jim I, I, what are your thoughts on uh mr josh woods no, I've always been impressed with Woodsy. Uh, I, I I really have. Um, I I thought, you know, I kind of you alluded to his his initially his pairing with Josh ne- or with Tony Nese, excuse me. I, I thought was odd, but it's worked out really well. I, I think they play off each other really well. I think they could have a good tagged title run in, in the future. Um, no, I I think Woods has got good talent. I think he's he's unpolished in a lot of areas but definitely with a lot of upside um he's got a great look he's got a phenomenal look uh he obviously has the you know has the credibility to be a legit uh legit threat in the ring um i i see a lot of good things for him i think i think that probably the best thing that could happen for him and tony niece is for him to get that mentorship under tony niece um, you know, niece has been around for a bit. Uh, he can, I think, really mentor Woods and 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 help him push him along. But um, I, I definitely, I see, I see Josh Woods definitely within the next two years. I could see him with a TNT title run, um, and I could yeah. see, I could see him Absolutely. in a main event world title picture within five years. Uh, kind of depending on, you know, keep working on your mic skills keep working on your character skills, keep polishing those ring skills. And I, I think he could get there. I think he's got the look for it. Uh, I, I think he's got, again, the credibility for it, but I, like I said, I've been impressed with Woods. I I've, I've always thought he's solid. He's very consistent. Uh, and I can see a lot of upside, you know, especially, you know, I, I didn't realize he's only been wrestling since 2015, but uh, yeah. especially knowing that that's, Oh hell yeah. The sky's the limit for, for a kid that young. I think I think if you I think not being good on the mic isn't necessarily like the death kiss of wrestling because I think pairing him up with guys like you know Mark Sterling is a great idea because if the guy can't talk have the have the manager talk for him because I think that there's kind of like a kind of a lost art with with the manager role um and I think and that's that's definitely something I, I enjoy a lot in AEW is that there's like managers again. There's the guy, the mouthpieces, because I, I there was a weird transition in wrestling where it's like, hey, either you're good on the mic or you're 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 toast. You're not going to. But it's like that's not entirely true because Bobby Bobby Heenan made so many guys look so goddamn good. And all he did was talk for him. And I, I, I there's a lost art in that. And I think it's not definitely the worst thing to be terrible on the mic. I mean, obviously if you don't have the talent, then you're kind of, you're kind of 
you're shit out of luck there. But like, I think give him, give him a chance on the mic. If he's, if he stinks, give him a mouthpiece. He'll be fine. Yeah. No good valid points. No. Sounds like we're all, we're all pro woodsy. Woodsy. Big fan. <laughs> now I'm looking forward. I think, I think his, you know, this feud he's going to have with, with Briscoe here, I think it's going to be good for both of them. Um, I, I think you keep that running and, and I think he can learn a lot from Mark Briscoe. Uh, I think Woodsy can get a lot out of Mark Briscoe and, and, um, I think he can pick up a lot of steam coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, keep him in a stable, keep him with smart Mark, keep him with Tony Neese. Uh, but you know, let him have these, these solo endeavors like this to really help him round himself out. I, I think it's a smart way to build a star for the future. I also think it's they're they're testing the waters with Mark Briscoe. I think we're going to see very soon Mark Briscoe get the Ring of Honor heavy heavyweight title. Um, and unfortunately, yes, that's probably because of everything that he's going through with Jay. But like, I mean, with everything you know, Jay's passing aside. I mean, Mark is a phenomenal talent, and I think having him in programs with like you know Woods and like other characters is just him just building that that steam and it's going to happen organically and naturally. And I think it's going to be amazing. Cause like I could definitely see Claudio being the, you know, quote unquote anti-hero of the group being like, Hey man, I'm sorry about Jay, but you, you, you were never cut out for this. It was always your brother. It was always your brother. And you're going to see the rise of Mark Briscoe. And I think that would be a perfect ending to that man's career. And will he hold the belt for a long time? Probably not, but does he deserve it? 100% yes. And Josh Woods and, um, who did he wrestle uh, before that? It was was Jay Lethal, wasn't Jay it? Jay Lethal, yeah, it was the yeah, I mean, match. guys with Jay Lethal. I mean, put him with guys that have either been champions or are young and upcoming, and it's going to be organically and it's going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be a wonderful thing to watch. That'll wrap it up for this episode. But come back next time for more news, analysis, and of course, spotlighted wrestler of the week. Big thanks for giving us a listen and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim and we are out. Out.